Well, good morning. A very warm welcome to you to our service of worship. It's good to be back with you after a short break away last week. And uh, as we gather together in God's presence, may you know his love and his power in your lives. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 145. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So let us worship God, and you're welcome to stand as we sing together our first hymn, Guide Me, O Thy Great Jehovah, and just to say that there is a little bit of an intro in the music, and then we begin. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, source of all life and love, you are enthroned in splendor, yet you are here by our side. You are ruler of all, and yet you call us to be your friends. Thank you that we can come to you because you have come to us through Jesus, your Son. 
Thank you that you are familiar with all our ways, with our comings and goings, with our joys and sorrows. Thank you that you know us completely and have shown your love for us completely through Jesus. Thank you that you invite us to come as we are in all our weakness, with all our faults and failings, so that in confessing our need for you, we may receive your forgiveness and be assured of your loving embrace. Forgive us, Lord, for all that we have said or done or thought that is not pleasing in your sight. Cleanse us and renew us by your most Holy Spirit and help us to worship you in all our ways and in every part of our lives, praising you for your unfailing love and celebrating your great goodness through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, for ever. Amen. Well, let's see what we've, we've got in our Bible today and uh, see what clue this might give to what we're going to be talking about today. Well, we've got a cushion or a pillow. Uh, it's actually a little inflatable pillow that you can take uh, on holiday with you. And uh, this, is, um, this is a clue to the story that we're going to have from the Bible today because um, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus was asleep and he was, had a cushion under his head and there was a big storm all around, but he was sleeping. And uh, that's quite appropriate, I think, because uh, just a short while ago, we've been having lots of, lots of storms. And uh, this, is, this is all about how Jesus helped his disciples in a storm. So let's hear the story. And it's uh, from, from the Gospel of Mark. And it's, uh, it begins that one day Jesus and the disciples got into a boat on the lake, uh, the Sea of Galilee, and it had been a very busy day, and Jesus was tired, and so he lay down on a cushion and fell fast asleep, and suddenly a fierce storm blew up. The boat was tossed about furiously as huge waves crashed over the boat, and everyone was getting soaked but Jesus was still fast asleep. The disciples were terrified of sinking and they didn't know what to do. And so they woke Jesus up and shouted, Save us, Lord! Seeing the storm raging about them, Jesus got up and said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Then he ordered the wind and the waves to be still, and in the blink of an eye, the storm vanished and the sea was completely calm. Everyone was amazed and said, even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, we've seen the storms recently, how destructive they can be. And sometimes we have storms in our lives, things that make us feel as if everything's being turned upside down or blown around. And maybe we feel just like the disciples, worried and scared, 
what's going to happen. We don't know what to do. But the disciples did go to Jesus. They knew he would help. And Jesus got up and ordered the wind and the waves to be still. And they obeyed Jesus and the storm vanished. And that's a reminder that Jesus is bigger than any storm that we may encounter. And he doesn't want us to be afraid when storms come and when life turns upside down. Because Jesus cares for us and wants to give us peace in our hearts. And it says in the Bible, and we've got a, a slide for this, First um, Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxieties on him, that's on God, for he cares for you. And sometimes our worries and anxieties can be like we're carrying a heavy bag around with us. And Jesus wants us not just to take them off, but to, to actually cast them off, to throw them off, knowing that he cares for us, that we can tell him what's going on and give it all to him so that we don't need to be worried or afraid or anxious because we can know that Jesus is bigger than all the storms that we go through in any problem in our lives. So whatever storm we go through, we can have God's peace and be able to rest in that storm. So let's pray together. Let's pray about that. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are bigger than any storm and you know what to do with them. Thank you that you care for us and want us to know your peace. Help us to know you and to trust that you will help us to cast all our worries on you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we're going to have an action song this morning, so um, you might just want to limber up a little bit. Uh, um, someone was saying during the week that this is their, their exercise for the week, so um, um, it's, it's actually quite one, one we've done before, one that Rosie's done with you. I'm going to attempt to do it with you, um, so hopefully I'll not get lost myself, but uh, I've got my wee post-it just in case I forget the words. So. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's basically, we just clap for the, the, the verses and then for the chorus. The chorus is um, it's, it's called My Lighthouse. You might remember it from a few weeks back. It's, um, it goes, My Lighthouse, My Lighthouse, shining through the darkness, I will follow you. My Lighthouse, My Lighthouse. Now this bit's different. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to, and this is the interesting bit where you do waves, safe to shore. And um, if you want to really stretch your muscles, you can lean out to the side as well. And you do that twice each way. And you're singing safe to shore, oh, 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 at that point. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll just go, go for it and see how we get on, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to safe to shore at the end of the song if we just keep concentrating on our actions and the words on the screen. So let's, uh, let's um, praise God and sing My Lighthouse. In my wrestling, in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Oh, 
reading this morning is from Psalm 22, reading verses 1 to 11. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. 
You're the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and they were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Our New Testament reading this morning is from Mark chapter 14, and we're reading verses 32 to 42. Mark chapter 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his, his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Amen. Now let's praise God together by singing hymn, um, Mission Praise 1003, My Jesus, My Saviour.
Lord God, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the good promises that you have given to us through Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, as we come to your word, we ask that by your Spirit you would speak to us in our hearts and our minds. Lord, we come in a, in a time when there are many troubles in our world. And Lord, we may come with our own troubles. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak in the midst of the storm, your words of peace. So we ask, Lord, that you would help us to hear clearly all that you have for us today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
One of the most difficult aspects of life is when we suffer disappointment and loss. When the prayers we make earnestly, passionately, and persistently appear on the face of it to have gone unheard and unanswered. When we hear the Bible's promises that we should ask, seek, and knock in our prayers, expecting God, our Heavenly Father, to give generously to us. Yet in some matters, especially in matters that affect us most deeply, we can experience what appears to be silence on God's part. And we wonder why our prayers weren't answered, at least not in the way that we had hoped. I'm sure many of us will have experienced this sense of disappointment and grief, for example, when our heartfelt prayers for a loved one who was ill didn't result in their healing and recovery. Or when, despite our prayers, things didn't work out well in a particular part of our lives or the lives of those close to us. Who hasn't struggled with the questioning, the wondering, the if onlys. But what do we do with such disappointments and loss? How do we move forward again to that place of hope and trust in God, who the Bible assures us is both all-loving and all-powerful? How do we take that next step of faith despite all the pain? What might surprise us is to know just how honest the Bible is about these kinds of struggles. The pain of loss, the disappointment of unanswered prayer, and the struggle to reconcile God's love for us and his great power with the fact that in our world, people suffer, and not everything is the way that we would hope for. In our Bible readings today, we're reminded of this struggle, this wrestling in faith, and how no one, not one person in the whole of human history is immune to suffering and pain and loss. Not even God's Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We might think if anyone was likely to have all their prayers answered, that Jesus would be that one person unique among us, to have the experience of prayers answered 100% of the time. Yet we're reminded from our Bible readings today that this wasn't the case, because even Jesus went through the struggle of praying to God, his Father, and for that prayer not to be answered in the, the way he had asked. Perhaps we pass too quickly over the pain and struggle our Lord Jesus went through on our behalf to become our Savior. We remind ourselves each week as we gather in worship that Jesus died for our sins and rose again so that we might live forever with him. But on his journey to the cross, Jesus also went through deep pain, both for us and with us as the one who is both fully God and fully human. And part of that pain was the pain of unanswered prayer. We read about it in some detail in the gospel accounts of the night before Jesus' death on the cross. 
after spending time with his disciples sharing a meal, we find Jesus going to pray in Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, which is uh, just outside the city wall of Jerusalem. The account we read in uh, Mark's Gospel in chapter 14 tells us that Jesus, aware of his impending suffering on the cross to take away our sins, was deeply distressed and deeply troubled. And according to Luke's account, uh, his anguish was so deep that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. An extreme stress. But what's so surprising for us is to discover Jesus' prayer. He's asking God for another way if possible. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus is facing impending death, death on a cross. He knows this is the way he must take to deal with, with the sins of the world, the power of death, and for the powers of darkness to be defeated. But it's also a harrowing path to take. And so Jesus asked God, his Father, at this late hour, if there's another way. However, there is no other way. So Jesus' request remains unanswered, or rather the answer is no. If we turn back for a moment to the words of Psalm 22, we discover a very heartfelt prayer of King David. It's a really honest prayer, because God seems far away from him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Moving forward again a few centuries, on the next day after Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, these were the very words Jesus cried out on the cross on which he was crucified. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we discover that our Lord Jesus has experience the pain and anguish of unanswered prayer and a sense of abandonment in the place of suffering. We can only imagine what that meant for God the Father and his Son as Jesus carried the sins of the world away and in so doing opened a way for us to enter into God's holy presence, to become part of God's family forever. But what it also means for us is that we have a God who understands, who understands our pain, our suffering, our sense of loss, because Jesus has been through it before. More than that, however, we have a God who wants to help us and to heal us, holding us through the disappointments and the pain inviting us to discover his peace and his joy in time once more as we remain in his loving presence. Let's look then to see how Jesus approached this most difficult of experiences in Gethsemane and see what it can teach us about our own faith. Well, we can see, first of all, that Jesus didn't go there alone. 
at his greatest hour of need, he invited his closest friends and followers to be alongside him. As on other occasions when Jesus wanted to share something really important, this some important moment with others, it was his three closest companions, Peter, James, and John, who he took alongside him. And what a reminder that God has called us not to try and walk the path of faith in isolation. Rather, when we follow Jesus, we're following with other members of God's family because we need one another. We need each other's prayers and support, especially in our times of difficulty. How wonderful that God has made us to belong together so we can share his love with each other and support one another both in times of joy and in times of sorrow. Unfortunately, Peter, James and John kept falling asleep when Jesus needed them the most, which reminds us that even our closest friends or family can't always be there to provide the comfort or companionship we seek, even in our greatest times of need. However, God, our Heavenly Father, is always ready to hear our prayers. Psalm 121 says he neither slumbers nor sleeps. There's never a time we can't go to him. And it is to God, his Abba Father, that Jesus turns to in his time of deep distress. The Aramaic word for Father, Abba, that Jesus uses is one that speaks of an intimate relationship. Jesus addresses God as his dad, his perfectly loving Heavenly Father. And through Jesus, we also have this privilege of being able to know God as our perfect Father too. Galatians 4, 6 tells us that through faith in Jesus, we, are, we become God's children. And because of that, it says God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. God gives us his Holy Spirit to enable us to pray as children before our Heavenly Father. And so we may address God with all our concerns as our loving Father, our Heavenly Dad, who cares for us deeply. So we were thinking earlier in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We can also see that in his prayer in Gethsemane, Jesus not only acknowledges his loving Heavenly Father, but he also recognizes that God is all-powerful and able to do even the impossible. Everything is possible for you, is what Jesus says. And when we come to the place of prayer, we also need to remind ourselves who God is, that he is able to change things that he is able to act. However, we might find that if our faith seems weak, that it's good to remind ourselves of what God has done before. Just like the psalmist does in Psalm 22, he's in this place of feeling that God's far off. You could say his faith levels are not very high. 
So what's he do? He reminds himself. He's open about that with God. He's, he's not hiding his, he's not trying to put on a show for God. He's not hiding his emotions. He's being honest. But he then goes on to remind himself what God has done before. And that to build his faith so that he's asking God to do it again. You've done it before, Lord. Do it again. And what he says is, in, in you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and we were, and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Having addressed his prayer to God, his loving Father, acknowledging God's power to do even the impossible, Jesus presents his request. And he persists in doing so. He, he goes back to the place of prayer three times here. That's a reminder Jesus also taught us that we should be persistent in our prayers and not give up. But with that comes an acceptance that he will leave the outcome to God. It's what you might call a prayer of relinquishment, that whatever happens, he will keep trusting God. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Praying like that, however, is a real challenge, because when our prayers appear to go unanswered, we can struggle with that sense of loss or disappointment that what we'd hoped for hasn't happened. So trusting God with the outcome can be really hard. There are really no easy answers to the questions of unanswered prayers. But we're reminded in Scripture that some things will only become clear in the light of eternity. As the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Jesus' prayer request wasn't granted. The next day he suffered and died on the cross and was buried in the darkness of a tomb. It seemed all was lost. And yet, three days later, was the resurrection. God did the impossible. He raised Jesus from death. Sin was dealt with, and the devil was defeated. Light came forth out of darkness. The sorrow of night was replaced with the joy of the morning. Why are some of our prayers not answered the way we'd like? Well, there is a mystery to all of this. Something we're going to be exploring a bit in our monthly Bible study on Tuesday. But the Bible does tell us that we live in a world in which God's kingdom has come, yet not in all its fullness. Not yet. 
When Jesus came to be our Savior, he won the decisive victory over the powers of darkness and the cross. But as we see in our world so clearly at present, there is still evil at work and suffering and pain. In this time, our task is to share the good news of Jesus, the light of the world who brings forgiveness and life and freedom and transformation to people. However, we also look forward in hope to the day of Christ's return in glory, when, as it says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4, God's dwelling, dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. That is the hope we have. But in this time, God invites us to be honest in our prayers, to share our disappointment and pain with him. He also invites us to discover that he loves us dearly and that he is able to transform us and heal us with his light and his hope. Amen. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord of the earth, thank you that you are the God who has come into our darkness and pain to bring the light of your hope and the peace and joy of your loving presence. As we consider all that you have done for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, entering our world, a world filled with darkness and sorrow and sin, to show a new and living way, a way of love that overcomes all. Renew us with the knowledge that you know us completely and love us completely. In our struggles and in our disappointments, help us to open our hearts to you, to be still and know that you are God that you are always good and gracious to us. Heal us and remake us in your love, that we might share the comfort we receive from you with those who are also in need of comfort. Merciful God, our Saviour, our hearts grieve for the people in the country of Ukraine, caught up in the conflict which has already cost the lives of many. We pray for a change of heart and mind for the Russian president, away from the ways of war and aggression, and if not, for a peaceful change in that country's leadership. We pray especially for the people in Ukraine who are facing the threat of violence 
the ordinary citizens trying to stay safe in shelters and the armed forces and volunteers who are trying to defend their land. We pray too for the president and the leaders of Ukraine in trying to deal with the crisis and for the church and your people there praying and calling out to you. Protect them and deliver them, we pray. We remember those who have lost loved ones or been injured. We remember those who are distressed or displaced or have become refugees. Grant comfort, healing, provision and peace that passes understanding, we pray. Merciful God, our Redeemer, we pray too for the leaders of the nations that you would grant wisdom and resolve to seek the ways of peace and justice for all in this and other challenges facing us. We pray for our Queen and ask for your healing and recovery for her. We pray too for grace for all those who serve in the governments of our land in meeting the challenges of this hour with courage in upholding the ways of goodness. Lord of life and peace, for those known to us and on our hearts at this time, grant your comfort to the grieving, your healing to the sick, and your peace to all who are troubled in body, mind or spirit. Eternal God of all hope, we thank you that in all times and at all places we may know the peace of your presence and the hope we have in Christ Jesus that nothing can overcome. Teach us to live daily in that hope which is eternal and to offer our lives all that we are and have to live for your glory this day and every day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We come now to, towards the end of our service and we're going to sing uh, once more, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, mission praise number 1259. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name.
strength is failing The end draws near And my time has come Still my soul sing your praise unending Ten thousand years and then of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>